like to wish on this special little day my mother a happy 76th birthday because she's the coolest this is the g money and womack womack jesus christ sorry we had some technical difficulties up top we had a little problem with the stream here but we got it going on took about six minutes or you know a little bit more but your boy got it locked down so it's all good Wolstein is on assignment right now. Uh, I'm assuming he'll be in a little later. Um, we got the music going. I'm going to do some headlines in a minute, but uh, I'm just going to rejigger myself for half a second. So uh, let's play that fucking, uh, yeah, let's get my man, uh, I did, you know, uh, Speed Gibson. You gotta get a Speed Gibson in. And then uh, that, that'll give me some time to rejigger. Perfect. All right. MutinyRadio.fm. Please don't forget to donate.
the preceding episode, Speed Gibson and his uncle, Clint Barlow of the International Secret Police, are questioning one of the octopus spies, Splinters, a renegade aviator. Their attention is taken away from him by a rock crashing through their bedroom window, and during the excitement, Splinters disappears. After this happening, the boys hurry to the lagoon where Barney Dunlap is guarding the mystery plane. They find Marsha Winfield and her small charge, Jean Kingsley, there. And Marsha tells the boys that her brother was caught in the evil toils of the octopus and had disappeared. At that moment, the octopus comes in over the short wave set in the plane, warning them to give up the search and to burn the plane. As a result, Clint orders Barney to fly the mystery plane to China via the clipper route. We find the boys at the dock next morning just before dawn. Well, Clint, I'm all set for the takeoff. The boys filled them enormous gas tanks with enough fuel to fly clean to China. <laughs> Maybe you have enough fuel, Barney, but you're not going to take any chances. Now, you land at Guam, Manila, Macau, and then Hong Kong, just as the Clipper does. Uh, we don't want to lose that plane. Well, the short wave set and radio telegraph. Hey, how about me? Don't I count? <laughs> You'll be safe enough, you old cloud jumper. <laughs> just remember to keep inside of us on the Clipper at all times. And keep in touch with us by your radio telegraph. Don't worry about me, kid. I'm an old hand at this sort of thing. It's going to be swell to be at the controls again, riding the wind. Well, they're warming up the motor. I'll be calling KHAGV China Clipper so much, the radio officer's key finger will be worn out answering me. <laughs> well, so long, So Bonnie. long, Bonnie. So long, Bonnie. Good luck. <laughs> Gee, he's a swell guy. No, he's one of the best, Steve. One of the most capable men in the secret police, too. Sure makes me proud to be in the same outfit with such guys as you and Barney, Clint. I can hardly believe all this has really happened to me. Flying on the China Clipper, getting into all sorts of adventures with the Octopus Gang. Yeah, I'm afraid you're in for plenty more adventures, Bean. Oh, look, there goes Barney into the cockpit now. The sun's just rising. Barney's plane's right in the path of its rays on the water. Yeah, that plane's a beautiful job. It's in perfect condition, too. Ground crew checked the motor and control system and so forth. And Barney made sure he had plenty of sandwiches and water stored away. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look, Barney's waving. <laughs> so long. I'll see you in Guam, Barney. Pursuit squadron. Hey, look, he's banking. He's going to come back and circle over us. Passengers are all in the after cabin for the time being, I guess, reading or playing games. Well, now's our chance to have a look at that map your brother sent you, Miss Marsha. Yes, indeed, Clint. 
It's here, in this locket I'm wearing. A map and that little locket, Miss Marcia? Yes, Pete. You see, the map is on onion skin paper. Very thin. I'll take it out now and show you. Here. Hey, this is going to be tough to follow. Yes. I'm afraid we'll have to use our imaginations on at least a half of the map until we actually reach Hong Kong and get someone who really knows the city well to help us. Daddy can help you, Marcia. He knows Hong Kong inside and out. That's right, Jean. Yes, we can trust the doctor, too. That's important because if the octopus heard that this map existed, he'd stop at nothing to get it. But I'm not trying to get it away from Miss Marcia. I'll say not. This map's going to be a big help. But you must be careful. The octopus has many friends. Friends in high circles. Uh, so are we, Marcia. Remember our organization, the International Secret Police. While we may have enemies of every creed, race, and caste, we also have friends as varied. Yes, and just as powerful. I know. And we're going to find your brother, too. Don't forget that. Oh, if you only can, Pete. If we're not too late. Uh, we'll find him. Don't you worry. Now, uh, may I keep this map until we reach Guam? If I try to make a copy of it, we may be interrupted, and I don't want anyone to see it. Of course. Boy, doesn't Barney's plan look swell against that cloud bank we're flying over? That chrome finish shines like... Like diamonds. Like the water at Waikiki Beach look like diamonds in the moonlight. What's that plane got to do with water? Well, they both sparkle. Well, <laughs> Jean's right, Steve. <laughs> right now, I'll just give you a tip that'll come in very handy in diplomatic circles. Never argue with a lady. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let's see. Wasn't it about an hour ago that you last heard from Barney? Oh, yes. I think I'll go up in the control room in a few minutes. Should be getting another flash from him long about now. I come too, Clint? Well, now, you'd be leaving Marsh and Jean alone. Oh, that's all right, Clint. You can keep watch on Barney from here while you and Steve talk to him by radio telegraph. By all means. You know, Miss Marsha, we're lucky to get into the control room at all. We weren't in the secret police. We'd never be allowed in the control room with a flight crew. I know, Steve. Now, don't worry about us. But first... Have you any idea when we'll reach Guam? Well, it'll be very soon. We'd be able to see it if these clouds weren't below us. Oh, but I like the clouds. They look like big marshmallows of cotton, don't they? There you go again, marshmallows. If you went through them in an open plane, you'd find out they were doggone cold and wet. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> now, we'd better get up to the control room before another argument starts, huh? We'll be back soon. All right, and give our regards to Barney. Okay, Miss Marcia. Gee, Clint, getting up in the control room was one of the big thrills of the trip to me. Seeing that big instrument board and having the captain or the first officer explain things to me. Well, I'll have to admit that this trip is a wonderful opportunity for you, Steve. Insofar as the clipper flight itself is concerned, it's the octopus angle that I don't like. Don't worry, Clint. I can take care of myself. I hope that I can really help you and Barney on the job. Mm. Oh, well, here we are. We won't bother anyone but the radio officer, Steve. The rest of the crew have enough of the hands without talking to us. I know. Anyhow, we'll be losing altitude pretty soon for the Guam landing, and that means cloud flying. I won't bother them. Don't worry. Oh, that's a good boy. Right, step in, Steve. Now, past the navigators, right to the radio officer. Here we are. <laughs> I think we're out of everybody's way, too. Oh, hello, Mr. Barlow. I've just been talking to Dunlap. Got it written down here for you. Oh, thanks, Smith. Uh, read it, Speed. Barney says, sandwiches swell, but I sure miss those clipper meals. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Barney. Nothing ever interferes with his appetite. Will you send a message for me, Mr. Smith? Why, sure thing, Speed. What'll it be? Tell him we're nearing Guam and ask him how he's going to like flying through those clouds in an open plane for his landing. <laughs> okay. 
I can just see his face when he gets that. <laughs> yes, sir. Won't he be surprised? <laughs> Well, he says it isn't his regular bath day, but he'll put up with it. <laughs> oh, uh, say, is the weather bad at Guam, Smith? No, Guam reports fair weather. The wind's breaking up these clouds in that area, and we're over the worst of it right now. Hey, Clint, look at Barney's plane. Is he trying to stunt? What's that monkey trying to do? Why, banking that plane like that? Something's wrong for sure. Hey, quick, send this message, Smith. Anything wrong, Barney? Uh Look, look, he's going into a nosedive. He's heading right down into them black clouds, Clint. Oh, he's either crazy or in trouble. Here's his answer. Barlow, planes out of my control. Can't bring it out of this dive. It's a robot plane, I bet. The octopus is working it from Hong Kong. Well, tell him, tell him that, Smith. It's a robot plane for sure. Tell him to bring it out of that dive. Look, look, there he goes into the clouds. Oh, straight to the bottom of the Pacific Ocean if he doesn't get that plane out of that nosedive. This, this crate is a robot plane. The controls are locked. Barney. A robot. Controls locked. That means the oxygen has some device in that plane to wreck it if it falls into the enemy's hands. Probably a pin to lock the controls, which the octopus controls by radio. And the only way Barney can regain control is to find the locking pin. Mr. Smith, send that to Barney. Tell him to look for the locking pin. It's his only chance. If we could only see him, anything could be happening to him under those clouds. Oh, I shouldn't have tried to keep that plane. I might have known the octopus had a trump card up his sleeve. If anything happens to Barney, I'll... And that's talking again. Can't find pin yet. No use. Altimeter sinking fast. Visibility zero. Looks like curtains, pal. So long. Well, go on. Go on, Smith. What does he say? The key's dead, Barlow. Dunlap isn't sending anything to us. Oh, gee, nothing can happen to Barney. Try to reach him, Mr. Smith. Send out your call. I'll do my best, Speed. No answer, Clint. Clint, he doesn't answer. You don't think... Oh, steady. Steady, Speed. We can't think now. All we can do is... is hope. <laughs>
fight the world, I fight you, I fight myself I fight God, just tell me how many burdens left I fight pain and hurricanes, today I wept I'm trying to fight back tears, flood on my doorsteps Life in living hell, puddles of blood in the street Shooters on top of the building, government aid ain't relief Earthquake, the body drop, the ground breaks The poor run with smoke lungs and scarred face Who need a hero? Hero need a hero, look in the mirror, there go your hero Who on the front lines at ground zero? Hero My heart don't skip a beat even when hard times bumps the needle Mass destruction and mass corruption, the souls are suffering men Clutching on deaf ears again, rapture is coming It's all prophecy and if I gotta be sacrificed for the greater good Then that's what it gotta be pray to me Speed Gibson, a little bit of Kendrick Lamar in the weekend. Played that because it's my mom's birthday and she went to Africa and shit. And I ain't never been to Africa. And I was like, man. And she got to watch Black Panther. In fact, she's so cool. She was the lady that got me into like, well, I mean, everything really, basically. But like, um, not everything, but of course, your early stuff or my early stuff. You know, I can't speak for anybody else. But, um, one of her big things is still like black movies and like she well not just black movies just black people basically right she's always down to support the cause man like she's once again she's 76 so she was born in 42 obviously may 20th and um you know she's seen a lot of bullshit right what what age would that make her during the civil rights when the civil rights acts got passed right was that 68 so she's a grown ass, just a 26 year old B, <laughs> you know? So, you know, like she's done lived through shit. She done watch a lot of stuff. And um, the idea that, you know, I've, I always thought it was so cool that she took this trip to Africa and um, like, you know, she fucking loved it. But the big thing, the whole reason I brought any of this bullshit up was um, black movies she i love her to death right and what that that was that's what i was getting to i love her to death but like one of those things that like you can't like 
she's one of those people that taught me early like taste is in the eye of the beholder and trying to flip somebody's taste or whatever is i ain't saying it's impossible but it's almost like well why do you want to shit on something that somebody else loves you know what I mean? Or, you know, she, look, not just that. I mean, she's got a critical eye and she knows when bullshit is bullshit. But at the same time, she'll still support. And, like, this is such, like, an interesting culmination of <clears throat> of really great young black talent, like, getting uh, this really, like, lightning in a bottle rare opportunity by the way, it's not like he didn't help set it up himself. This is a hardworking young man, you know, who, like, lifted himself up, put himself, you know, got through school, met these kids, did Fruitvale Station. I was living there when the boy got shot. I was here through all that shit. I was living in Oakland at the time. I remember, shit, I've been through Fruitvale Station hell of times. But, like, in fact, I would never have said hella if I hadn't lived there for so long. But uh, I thought that shit was so funny when I first moved there. People saying hella all the time. Hell, why, why make a word longer? Ah, because it feels better rolling off the tongue. But um, the... Um, uh, what's my point? My point is, she would watch some horror of like black people made. Like that's the thing, trying to get the money to make movies is hard enough. So like the ones that get through that are awesome. I remember she always loved this movie Pinky. She loves like you know like she loves like the classics. Like when they had money to make a motherfucking movie, and but she would still support their asses through the eighties, the seventies, you know, through all the years, the damn nineties, like direct to video bullshit, all that shit, man. And like, um, I thought it was so cool because I told her like you got it, you have to see this movie, and she, I just call me when you get done seeing it, and she was just so happy. I was like, all these like strong, like it was, it's like a game changer type movie, <clears throat> and even as old as she is, right? She would admit, right? You don't get to see a lot of, especially cultural, especially black cultural shifts. But, well, maybe you see, weirdly, you probably see more black cultural shifts than anything else, to be perfectly honest, if you stop and step back and look at it, right? If you think about, say, the the 76 years since she's been there, right? 42. 42 is like um, Charlie Parker years, basically, right? Music is completely different. I believe the field recordings I have of, like, McKinley's, <laughs> what is it? Like, oh, Jesus, I'm McKinley Smith. Uh, not William McKinley. Jesus Christ. Not McKinley Adams. McKinley Morganfield? I think that's right. Muddy Waters. Who gives a fuck? By Alan Lomax, I believe, is from 42. Him on his porch. So just think from that, just to Kendrick Lamar, if you know, <laughs> right? Just the musical changes that have gone, we've undergone just at that time. There was no rock and roll then. Jazz is just getting really like in its second pump. You know, it's getting into its more. Uh, it's getting into that loose shit. The like that. I'll say Ace Records. Oh God, I'm just so bad right now. What is the one? I can see it in my head. I used to have the box set. Debut records. You know, that like Southern California, Charlie Mingus, you know, pre, way pre, like Art of the Cool. Like those are the dudes that like brought his, or Birth of the Cool. Motherfucker, they brought him in. You know, like all that type of stuff. Imitation of Life. 
just think of the movies that were out, you know? Shit, the movies are crazy. Right? Just, take some time and Google black movies, night or whatever the fuck term you want to use, but Negro movies 1942. And show me what you're looking at, right? The Nichols brothers are, maybe, are still performing. You know, they're like peaking. Or not, nah, maybe not peaking, right? Because they were really 20s dudes. But you know what I'm saying? Well, black, you know, black people, man. We be staying on top for a while. You get, let us get this motherfucker, man. We gonna stay up there. That's the shit. I love that shit. But, um, but like, anyway, I was gonna say that can also be a problem. You know, but that's just blind support bullshit. That's the shit that why I never liked R. Kelly. <laughs> and I'm not surprised at all of any of the bullshit like i remember look i first off i don't like that kind of bullshit music like i remember i owned 12 play when it came out and i because because like it had a like the music is really fucking like black it's really good but like at the same time like the shit that nigga talking about i was like nope Cause first i don't see nothing wrong with a little bump and grind i don't like that kind of music fuck you Right, my mind's telling me no, but my body's telling me yes. What? And that's before I. That's before age ain't nothing but a number came out. And even at my young age, at that time, <laughs> I could put fucking two and two together. And especially once they said that nigga was dating her, and I'm like, it's just like my age. And I'm like 14. <laughs> like what? When did age ain't nothing but a number come out? Not fuck. It wasn't even four. I was like 12. You know, <laughs> like something right here because I can put two and two together, motherfucker. Right. <laughs> like that's fucked up. That can't be right. And when that motherfucker like crossed over mainstream with that bullshit Space Jam bullshit said, I believe I can fly. Fuck you. And like he's been revered and all that shit ever since, or b- before that in the black community, but ever since since then, and it's the same shit as Bill Cosby. If you ever read a Jet magazine in the damn eighties, like I did on the fucking toilet, or the nineties, you kept seeing these bitches come up and be like, "This motherfucker keeps fucking with me," or "Spanish flying me," and like, "Oh shit!" But that's that blind loyalty i can't stand that's why like getting older i've like you know i used to like idolize people like janice joplin and shit like that i really like really just like something about their art and their uh their personality really something really drew me to them but at the same time it was like well they're just people and like it the like it's one of the few like really great things you know you you i pulled from christianity was like you know like don't have no false idols be you know and then you gotta end it before me horseshit but you know yeah you could tack in whatever last two little piece of sentence you want to put there but the number one part is don't don't go fucking bowing to people that they're just people man you know <laughs> right it's that's it, it it for my mind it falls under the same thing as like businessman bullshit right why i'm not first off you ain't gotta kiss my ass to sell me shit because i ain't buying and i'm not gonna like you know kiss the ring to get nothing from you you know we can exchange like adults 
but we don't have to do any of that bullshit anyway so my mother would watch all these fucking of like i love her to death but they were some fucking horrified i just they were so bad like i in my i would so i pride myself sort of on the shit that i'll watch basically anything once and i won't leave and i won't fucking fall asleep through it or no bullshit i you know nowadays i won't check my phone you know i'll just i'll sit and watch it i i I figure look these people have taken the time to do this thing at least i can do is put my eyes and ears on it and watch the motherfucker right (laughs) that like that's fair (laughs) right i can do that right like only you know i'm just i've already decided to invest my time well either there might be something really cool in here or there might be something really funny or you know there might be something in here you can learn right there's always something you can learn from something usually hopefully right if everything's going okay even if it's not you should be able to glean something out of something but what i thought excuse me but what i um oh man but some of those fucking things i would sit there and i would just look because you know we'd have videos just on the shelf you know their titles lined up like cds or records or whatever and i'd just be looking at their spines and reading the titles and just being like fuck you <laughs> like they were horrifying and i my ass like i had like the big fucking collection in the basement right so what i would do is i would just sort of cherry pick because she wouldn't like she's not like me where she would re-watch and re-watch and re-watch the same thing she might watch a movie two three times or something maybe like in the course of its fucking lifetime but she wouldn't be like me and watch it two three times that week or fucking sometimes two three times that day you know, so like I would cherry pick particularly cool or interesting titles and uh, fold them sort of into my fucking stack and then just <laughs> send up any reject horseshit back up there. But uh, man, because like that was a cool thing about video stores, like especially um, say like after 1989, really. And the price went down, and they were like, nigga, we trying to sell these motherfuckers, man. We ain't trying to just give them to the video store and have him collect the late fee, woo, woo, woo. We're going to try to get these shits to the masses. So, like, by the time, you know, and plus they had this, you know, this is way after they done sussed out, which is going to be the dominant, uh, uh, I guess, let's just say uh, video unit, you know, uh, video entertainment unit in the house. So instead of beta which as far as I've always been told is a superior quality tape. They went for the cheaper uh, 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 VCR video cassette recorder uh, situation. (laughs) So like by the time they got to like 89, they're like, we're just going to sell these things. And then, you know, um, video stores would want to turn over their stock. And since we were like inveterate fucking movie watchers, we would just... um, you know we just knew all the goddamn local movie stores and shit and like when they get time to get to selling their uh pre or not pre but yeah i guess pre-owned or whatever the fuck we used would used movies i think is what they just used to call them um you know we turn around and kind of get to cherry pick sort of you know after the employees i would assume you know some choice fucking movies and we just get this big because my mother's working at gm so we get these fucking stacks of movies and like 
boy, there would be some fucking losers in there, dog. <laughs> I mean, there's still like, in fact, my mother watched so many black movies when I was young. I stopped watching black movies like as a damn rule to like damn near black panther <laughs> i'm serious bro i was like i fuck off i don't give a fuck about soul food I, you know like i don't give you know i got a family b <laughs> i grew up around like old black women i'm fairly sure i know how the fuck they thinking right my mother and her sisters they would all sit around like my mother's older sister oldest sister maxine uh maxine ivins she would she would have this i will never forget this it's like out of a movie in my head now but she would have this big this fat kind of like wood table kind of centered in her kitchen it's like a kitchen slash dining room and they'd have in the like they just had kind of have that over the overhead light hanging over the fucking table Maybe a couple like over the sink, you know, the lights coming over the sink or whatever. The one like way down by the fucking TV on the other end of the room and like around the corner with a theater, right? So it's always kind of half ass dark in there. And <laughs> you'd walk in there and it'd be like five, six women sitting around that table just talking, 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 drinking coffee, coffee, coffee. I mean, they'd go through like. I'd be there, there'd be like three, four pots of coffee, just sitting there, just chopping it up. I've heard all kinds of bullshit. So, like, you know, I'm good on all that shit. <laughs> I'm real good. Like, I like I appreciate it, but I don't need, I'm good. <laughs> you know, Shit, how many family reunions? How many times of the Circle City Classic? You know, like, we went down, man. Shit, but anyway, <laughs> Memphis and shit, Big Mo, all my people. But, uh, what was that saying? Oh, yeah. So, but, I don't know, man. Her and them goddamn movies. This, Yeah, black movies. So, I, I still haven't fucking went out to see Black Panther. I just knew it was good. In fact, it goes back to my spoiling movies thing. I know everything about that goddamn movie because I've listened to hella podcasts. I've read hella reviews. I've seen so many movies I could basically see it in my head. And, you know, I've seen the fucking previews and little takes and shit. Uh, the only one I'm really interested in seeing is the uh, my man. I guess they really did my man man ape up right. And, like, he's really funny and shit in that. And that i'm always down for funny like speaking always down for funny right like in black movies and all that black stuff right like we were like my, that aunt that same aunt got my mother into deaf comedy jam because my, my aunt loves fucking comedy man and um she had like a tape of, from like that first season and uh like she had like the first two episodes when they first came on or some shit and she was like you gotta watch this shit and like we were watching it and shit and like we were in like that day on and uh so we were super excited to like yeah this is before that before that even so off the back of that my brother who was living in detroit at the time and was working still works for the same fucking company which is crazy to me the motherfucker should be able to retire in like two damn years or some shit but um he was working uh, over at, not Specs Howard, it doesn't fucking matter, Johnson Controls, gives a fuck, and, like, they were uh, giving out tickets, uh, they always cop tickets, and um, 
he got these comps to go to uh, uh, see the Def Comedy Tour on the uh, at the Fox Theater down in Detroit, and that fucking show was cool. We got to go through the back door and shit. We was all upstairs with the like the cool food and shit. It was legit. It was a great fucking show. So like on the back of that. I was like, we were like so excited to see Friday, the first day it came out. You know what I'm saying? Like we were just in. Like I just, I'm big fan of comedy, and uh, and like that that was to me at the end that theater. <clears throat> I was like, oh, this is game changer shit. What they've taken is they've taken basically Chris Tucker's fucking badass 15 minutes. They've also taken basically, <clears throat> you could either call it. I would, I would call it that Dre shit, that like death row shit, basically. But what it's really, it's really those like Ice Cube, I had, had a good day stories. Pushed those two fucking things together and had a really great music video director, which at the time was the only way young talent was really cycling into Hollywood. And F. Gary Gray uh, just knocking it out of the park. And just I was like, well, this this motherfucker is a classic. <laughs> like we just saw some awesome shit. This that was like the culmination of that and this. And it was like, um, it's really funny. It's really funny when you hear a lot of people say like some shit wrong. Like, um, a really great podcast I listen to. Black man can't jump in Hollywood. They're really great. But they'll be getting some shit wrong sometimes, just like Laser Time does, but whatever. But, like, they'll be talking about, like, how trap music is, like, some new shit or whatever. In my head, what it really is, like, because aside from weirdos like my family who would, or people of means and shit, basically, who would go down to fucking Circle City Classic in Indianapolis, California, which I think is now the Essence Fest. But for a long time, it was just Circle City Classic. And, um, you know, uh, but they would always play trap shit, you know, down there. Like, but what you, what you really hear in when you hear like what people call like trap style music, I think is really like they're stepping. It, it's like the kid of really Master P and shit. Because that's the closest hip hop ass ever really got to that fucking style of trap. You know, drop it to drop it. Like it's 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 taking them too and just and it makes because it's all southern so it makes so much sense but anyway <laughs> to be like yo me and like and movies like Drumline and shit like that that really brought that shit to the fore I remember working at the, at the record store when Drumline came out I'm like mm, nope once again reaffirming and those like masterpiece movies all reaffirming why i will not be watching any of these fucking movies right right my mother could support this shit all day hey you got those dollars b right <laughs> you ain't getting my dollars on top right <laughs> you handing out uh 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 demos or uh no uh what, what, what would you, what would you what call them like promos and shit you got a promo tape i'll take that motherfucker if not keep it moving steven you know i'll have i'll half-ass advertise you know i'll you know i'll play it in the store or whatever but we ain't we ain't doing it like that b so <laughs> i got the hookup i bet you do right Ugh. but anyway whatever so yeah anyway you know i figured i remember this about my mind since uh 
It's your birthday. It's your birthday. It's your birthday. That's a thing I'm going to miss, you know? It's weird getting older, fucking thinking about, you know, like, I've lost. I was thinking outside how much I miss my old friend Elvis, who was this big brother in Kalamazoo, who was just. I've never heard anybody welcome me with, like, the the most kind voice and like the most genuine kind voice like he was excited to see me and shit i to this day i've never felt so warm by someone's greeting than this elvis says hi george it's like and i miss that guy and i was just thinking about my mom she's getting older and everything and i was like the one of the things i'm gonna miss is like every birthday she has i always try to be the first one to call her in which her happy birthday and both of us do the same dumb thing and um uh we sing happy birthday and i'm just gonna miss doing that every uh 520 in the future way way in the future i hope but um yeah it just made me think and uh you know i don't know whatever who cares i do okay headlines Headlines, headlines, courtesy of the wonderful people at Naked Capitalism, fearless commentary on finance, economics, politics, and power. The best, the links for 52018B. Let's see what we got. Plant that could save civilization if we let it. Yeah, I think they're talking about beans, trying to, like, you know, save, save your goddamn environment with, like, plants. Back at the Burger King, I don't know what that means. Dolphins are breaking into nets to steal fi- fish thanks to overfishing. Thanks, Tree Hugger. We already knew that. <laughs> I've been hearing that shit since the 90s, right? No shit. <laughs> Politicians posing with reusable cups won't solve the plastics crisis. No shit. Hey, while you're at it, you, you really want to help solve that plastics crisis? Why don't you tell those motherfuckers from Nestle to back the fuck off our water and our goddamn water bottles and we can just do like we did when I was growing up and fucking carry a fucking thermos. I remember when I, when I, when I was a kid, I used to go out and like, if I had to go out, out, you know, and like be out for a while, what no plastic ass water bottle be like that shit i swear to god didn't show up until the 1990s like and everybody was like uh kind of like cell phones <laughs> and then just like everything people just just they it's it's not that they roll over it's that people are suckers for convenience and like the fact that our government won't step in once in a while and be like, look, you assholes. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's a whole nother fucking subject. Um, yeah, it's not like I'm helping. It's not like I carry a goddamn. Uh, I have a steel bottle at the house. I do not carry with me and I should more. That is very true. I'm not helping it. But and I know drinking out of plastic can't be good for you. No fucking way. Can't be. He says as he takes the sip. All right. That's from New Statesman. Thanks for that fucking bullshit. Coming in from the cold. N plus one. I do not know what that's from. Oh, this one's fucked up. Every bishop in Chile just resigned over the child sex abuse scandal. Damn. What was that? Thanks, Vox. Every bishop in Chile. Yo, B, could you imagine? 
I couldn't have, man, if they did that here, like in, uh, in, uh, what was that? Like Boston and all that bullshit or every, every, whatever Catholic church is all fucked up. Just every bishop is like, all right, we out. We fucked up. That'd be the shit. Anyway. Ooh, from Khan, uh, Hirokazu, Koreidas, Shoplifters wins the Palm Door, Hollywood Reporter. I love the Hollywood Reporter, and I don't give a fuck who knows. That's a great fucking magazine. I think it's because they still, like, I don't know. They, they, I don't know. They got, I don't know. It's just good. It, it's interesting. It's a weird, it's a weird read. Like, if you, if you're actually, like, sort of into Hollywood shit, you know, I'm not saying you can't find a better, like, more up-to-date thing, but that motherfucker is constantly live feeding, and, like, they're, they're, like, the, but they write, like, in-depth stories about really, you know, interesting shit, like, you can kind of, I'm not saying you can assume their, their take on, like, most movies, they're probably gonna lean more positive, you know, because they're kind of in the goddamn industry, but, I'm not reading it for the fucking movie reviews, but even if you do, they're generally insightful because they're read by Hollywood people. So it's just, it's like a really good, um, uh, not maybe it is an echo chamber, but like, not like closed loop or something like that, that like where it kind of feeds from point A to point B to point C to like, okay, well, A makes a story, B's read it, and C's reporting on it, and A is right, you know, bing, 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 and it just kind of goes around and around and around, but, you know, anyway, it's a really good, uh, it's a really good read, like, they got this fucking Hollywood docket, I think it's called, something like that, and it's like all the crazy court shit, it is insane. Like, if if you ever had to be an attorney, an attorney, Jesus George, if you ever had to be an attorney, the uh, <laughs> I would have to go into business being a Hollywood attorney, dude, because you're gonna make so much money and have so much more fun than being what are you gonna be a fucking Wall Street attorney? Fuck you. A goddamn Hollywood attorney guy. I'm I'm blanks attorney. I'm blanks attorney. I'm blanks. You're set for fucking life. Anyway, just saying, right? Or or or, you know, fight for like real fucking causes. Or you know, you know, there's a lot of different ways to go. But I was thinking, boy, if you want to actually have fun with the shit, right? Or and find some fucked up weird cases, boy, oh boy, you could you do a hell of a lot worse than being a goddamn. Uh, uh, L.A. Hollywood fucking you know entertainment lawyer. I swear to God, I mean this motherfucker is suing people and all kinds of shit like all the time. You're like, what the fuck? People, my rights and shit. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's a really good read. Anyway, and and they write really smart about it because the motherfucking attorney is gonna read the goddamn thing. You know, it's really they're good. They're just good. It's solid reporting. Anyway. You never really hear nothing about the Hollywood Reporter had to r- walk something back, you know, because <laughs> right? right? they're they're pretty they're pretty much crossing their eyes and uh, crossing their eyes and dotting their t's. George, thank you very much. Continue, healthcare, how tech can turn doctors into clerical workers. Great from the New York Times, a gold gray lady, the deck, the threat that electronic health records and machine learning pose to physicians' clinical judgment. And their well-being. All right. 
let's see. The FDA calls out 39 drug companies for allegedly blocking access to uh, generics. That's crazy. What the fuck? I don't know what the weirdest part is. <laughs> that the FDA is seems to be doing their fucking job. <laughs> or, or the or b that these fucking asshole drug companies are blocking access to generics right they're both like weird in their own way right like the first one's weird because it's so unusual to me and the second one's weird because it's just like well it's just that's just how they do and that's just weird but anyway all right Americans just uh, distressing big pharma seek traditional Chinese cures. That sounds like a horrifying idea. Thanks, Nikkei Asian Review. Are octopuses actually space aliens? Scientists reveal provocative theory, Sputnik News. Octopuses are not aliens, but boy, are they a bunch of beautiful weirdos. Popular science. Thank you. <laughs> I will not eat octopus again. Six Semper Tyrannus. Yeah, because they're smart. <laughs> they're really smart but you know so are, I, that's I, that's a weird line isn't it to draw i won't eat it because it's smart if it's dumb i, I don't give a fuck <laughs> that's fucked up like, right? I don't, I don't, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> That's such a okay. Hey, man. However, your Morris compass, fucking, however it faces north, baby. I don't give a fuck. But that's such for my money. That is a wild way to go about it, right? Like, yeah, all right. So you just calling a cow dumb? Pigs are just stupid. Chickens are just a bunch of fuck-ups, so I will fuck them up. Fish ain't shit. <laughs> Octopuses is safe, but your fish ass and your bitch ass, <laughs> you're going down. <laughs> oh, man. Bread to suffer. The Intercept, Greg Greenwald. It's going to be fucking horrifying. Is Indonesia's reforms a success? 20 years after Sh uh, Suratu. I always fuck his name up. Suratu. Suratu? I always fuck it up. Who cares? SCMP. I used to know what that stood for. CDC prepares to join Ebola fight in Africa. Once again, it's a, I, I bet you, though, the CDC is going to come down and be like, you, you, we'll help you if you join Jesus. Right, <laughs> our new CDC and shit. All right, <clears throat> trade, trade tantrum, trade war averted. China vows to buy more from U.S., but will truce take time? What are we looking at? I don't know who's calling me. I get my sorry. I'm busy. All right. If it's Paul, he can fucking text me. All right. Trade tantrum. Trade war averted? China vows to buy more from U.S., but truce will take some time. SCMP. All right, goddammit. Now I just have to fucking click on it because it's killing me not to know what that is. Oh, it's the South China Morning Post. Thank you very much. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I just couldn't fucking think of it. Okay. Boop. Get the fuck off of here. There. All right. <laughs> the big brother is watching you watch website uh leaked oh yeah this is fucked up 
website leaked real-time location of most U.S. cell phones to almost anyone. That was fucked up. Ars Technica talked about that. I read this shit the other day. Uh, yeah, let me click on that one. That one is crazy. Look at this. <laughs> Easily found bug in free demo let visitors track phones from four top U.S. carriers. A little-known service has been leaking real-time locations of U.S. cell phone <clears throat> of U.S. cell phone users to anyone who takes the time to exploit an easily spotted bug in a free trial feature. Oh yeah, Krebs on security reported Thursday. Location Smart, as the service is known, identifies the locations of phones connected to AT&T, Sprint, T-Mobile, or Verizon, often to an accuracy of a few hundred yards, reporter uh, Brian Krebs said. Well, yeah, and he also said one of them was like like a quarter mile, and the other one was like, you know, so like, I hate when fucking people do that. Just, just not saying they're cheap. No, they are cherry picking. Because it's, it's not often. He... He fucking tested it four times, I believe, right? On, like, four people who, like, I, I, I might be, a, like, he might have tested on six or some shit, right? But either way, two of them he caught within that shit. And then, like, so if you want to say that that would be, like, off to, okay. You know what I mean? But, mm, that's, if 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 you click on the fucking link, then you'll be like, oh, okay, well, this, now this makes more sense. But just be like, all right, guy. But anyway, whatever. It's a little bit hyperbolic is all I'm saying. While the firm claims it provides a location lookup look service only for legitimate and authorized purposes, Krebs reported that a demo tool on the Location Smart website could be used by just about anyone to serendipitous, serendipitously track the real-time whereabouts of just about anyone else. Oof. I got to check this fucking phone call real quick. I'm going to have you guys listen to it with me. Muni Radio. Hey, what's up, man? We're on the air. <laughs> now, I'm on the air because I don't know how to fucking get the thing in. So I'm going to turn my CD up and we will be right back.
with the computer again so i'm gonna play, take a time out and get back to the thing new stuff at the end i'm gonna middle dash some more uh the next chapter of the speed gibson i just give me enough time to figure out what i'm doing all right one second of the International Secret Police. Ceiling zero, ceiling zero, ceiling zero, ceiling zero, ceiling zero. 
Speed Gibson, his uncle, Clint Barlow, and Barney Dunlap, all members of the International Secret Police, are flying to Hong Kong on the China Clipper to capture the criminal known as the Octopus. Thus far on the trip, Speed has been responsible for the arrest of three Octopus spies sent to turn the secret police from their course. The last arrest on Wake Island was a renegade aviator who mysteriously disappeared just as he was about to reveal the octopus hideout to the boys. They have his special bullet plane, however, equipped with all the latest aeronautical improvements, and Clint orders Barney to fly this plane to Hong Kong, making the usual stops at Guam, Manila, and Macau, and to also remain in sight of the clipper. As they are nearing Guam Island, Barney's plane suddenly goes into a nosedive, disappearing in the clouds banked below. The flight crew are as excited as the boys, and when the clipper lands at Guam, they all hurry ashore to see if the Guam ground crew has seen or heard anything of the missing aviator. Gee, Clint, I sure hope that they've heard something from Barney. Well, they may have seen him come down and sent a boat out to help him. Oh, it was terrible to watch him drop into the clouds like he did. The sky was so empty. And those clouds he went into were so black, Marcia. I'm scared for Barney. Oh, don't you worry, Jean, honey. He's probably safe and sound somewhere. He's gotta be. Barney can't go out like that. He's too good a guy to... Clint, do you see who I see? Why, well, it can't be. But it is. It's Barney. Oh, Barney, you're all right. He did fall into the ocean. Oh, we were so worried about Hello, you. Hello, everybody. What's all the excitement about? What's all the excitement? Oh, that's a fine thing to say after scaring everybody out of a year's growth by going into that nosedive. You all were scared. How did you think I felt up there coming down fast? <laughs> It's hard to say which is the worst, Mr. Dunlap, sitting in the control clipper room, watching you dive out of sight, or doing the actual diving. As long as you're safe now, that's all that matters. Thanks, Smith. I kept hearing your signals come in, but I couldn't take time to answer them. I know if I didn't pull that plane out of the dive, I'd have a long swim ahead of me. Mr. Smith and the rest of the flight crew were swell, Barney. We were just going to see if the ground crew knew anything about you when you came up to us. <laughs> The ground crew knows about me all right. When I came diving out of that broken overcast, they saw me and thought I was a goner sure. But what actually happened, Barney? Let's get out of this crowd and I'll tell you. Yes. All right, see you later, Smith. Oh, you bet, Mr. Barlow. Over here on the other side, the dock's all right, huh, Clint? And look, there's Barney's plane. Yeah, and just let me get my hands on the octopus. I'll knock him so far it'll take him two years to walk back. Well, instead of telling us what you're going to do to the octopus, suppose you tell us what he did to you to send you into that spin. The big devil fish? He has some sort of radio control of that plane, and just about the time he knew I'd be in the air, he pressed a button. A metal pin dropped into the controls, and I was off in a nosedive. Imagine taking advantage of me while I was in a cloud bank. Well, what'd you do then, Barney? By the time I realized what had happened, I was in the clouds with visibility zero. Then you sent your idea over the radio telegraph, so I fumbled around until I located the pin, pulled it out, and straightened out the ship for a landing. <laughs> and boy, when I did that, I was as close as I could be to the water and still level out for a decent landing. Well, why didn't you radio the clipper that you were safe? I, I just sat down a few minutes before you came down, Clint. And I was identifying myself to the ground crew after that. While I was nosediving, believe you me, I didn't have any time to work the radio telegraph. I was about the busiest person in the air in the world, I bet. You'll have to give that plane a real going over before you take off again in the morning, Barney. No telling what else the octopus has under radio control. You tell him, kid. I don't want a wing to fall off between here and Manila. Well, right now, we'd better go on to the inn and see where our rooms are going to be. <laughs> I think you and Jean could use a little rest and quiet, don't you, Marshal? Oh, we're not at all tired, Clint. 
We were worried about Barney, of course, but now that he's safe, why, we're going to enjoy ourselves. Guam is beautiful. I should say so. Just like the islands you read about in books. Has this place here a name? It looks like a little town. Its name is Sumay, Jean. One of the navigators was telling me about it before we landed. There's another place that's gone you about 12 miles from here. That's where the American naval base is. I'd sure like to see that, Clint. Oh, I would, too. Do you think we could arrange to drive over there before dark? Mm, well, if you really feel up to it. How about you, Barney? I'm raring to go, pal. You know me. A nosedive a day keeps me from getting bored. Oh, goody, then we can go. <laughs> well, it looks that way. Now, let's go to the inn now and see about our rooms, huh? And I'll see about getting a car to drive us over to a gun at the same time. Hot ziggity. This is what I really call traveling. Listen, kid. What you call traveling would be a nervous breakdown for anybody else. But don't get me wrong. After flying over the Pacific Ocean in a plane with a controls lock, I'd like to see as much of Guam and dry land as I can. Look at those funny grass houses standing on top of those silk feet. Uh-huh. Native huts. You know... Guam is so different from almost every place else. Here a person can find the real peace and beauty of island life. And yet, even way out here, they have electricity, paved roads, schools, movies, ice, everything. Yep. A guy born in Guam has everything but United States citizenship. Now, that's a funny thing. He owes allegiance to America, but he can never become an, a citizen. When is an American citizen not an American citizen? When he's born in Guam. <laughs> uh, gee, I'm glad I was born in America then. The other's almost like being a man without a country. Oh, no, Speed. Guam is a naval base now, as you know. Every man here, aside from the Clipper ground crew, is a naval man with an official job, from the governor to the street sweeper. The people here are citizens of Guam, but since Guam is not a country, but a part of the United States, none of them, courts or Congress, has any real legal standing since the governor, who is all-powerful here, could do away with one or all of them if he wanted to. Sounds awfully mixed up to me, Clint. <laughs> well, it's mixed up to most people, Jean. I'd advise you to admire the island itself and not try to fathom its political standing. Weren't we rather lucky to get a car, Clint? Mm, in a way. There are only a few on the island, but the Clipper people do everything possible to make their passengers happy. And hence, the car. Hey, Speed. What are you looking so glum about? I wasn't looking glum. I was thinking. Oh, so that's what you call it. Kind of unusual, ain't it? <laughs> I hope not, Barney. Say, do you think that the native driving this car isn't an American citizen? <laughs> well, in spite of the fact that your question met itself coming back speed, he isn't. I was thinking something else, too. Barney, has the octopus plane got a direction finder on it? Yeah. What's a direction finder, Speed? Oh, it's a jigger shaped something like a little hoop, Gene. It's attached to a dial on the instrument board. When the pilot's getting a message from the ground or from another ship, he can turn his direction finder and learn which direction the message is coming from. Is that right, Clint? Uh, well, it's right enough for the moment. Now, look. Next time the octopus gives out with another warning, why can't we use his own direction finder on him and learn just where his hideout is from that? But is such a thing possible? Oh, yes, Marsha. But several things must be done before a location can be accurately found. Now, for one thing, we need two direction finders. One from Barney's ship, and then one from another point. Say, a ship 100 or 200 miles away from us. 
And then when the message came through, they could both lie in the direction from where it came. And where the lines crossed, there would be the octopus. That sounds simple enough. Ain't as simple as it sounds, though. We're still too far away from Hong Kong to be able to locate the exact spot of his hideout. Once we get to China, though, it'll be a different story, providing he starts broadcasting again. Gee, I bet he won't. Well, I can almost guarantee that he won't. This man's a genius, Marsha. We happen to know that he's experimenting in shortwave radio. Has accomplished some astounding things, so knowing about the direction finders, he certainly wouldn't risk broadcasting to us once we're near enough China to check his station. But there must be some way of feeding him at his own game, Clint. There is a way, Marsha. We don't know what it is yet, but... But that's why we're going to Hong Kong. Every criminal, no matter how clever he is, makes one mistake. If the octopus hasn't made his yet, he will. And that's how we're going to catch him. Mm, this is a spooky place, isn't it? The trees hang way over the road in through here. Yeah, I could find more cheerful spots on Guam myself than this. And I just land. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, wow. a blowout. We have to fly almost 6,500 miles to have a tire blow up. Sorry, Mr. Barlow. I will repair the tire immediately. All right, driver. I hope it won't hold us up too long. Oh, not at all. I have a spare tire which will replace the bad one. I wonder if I can help him. Well, you better not speed. Probably change tires in this car so often that he can do it a lot faster alone. Well, what do you say if we get out and stretch our legs? This car may be a seven-passenger, but it still cramps my stride. <laughs> Especially as we all rode back, huh, Barney? <laughs> well, we can get out for a few minutes if you wait. And I advise you all to stay beside the car. Be easy to lose yourselves in this thick underbrush. Too easy. I must confess I don't like this particular spot, Clint. Do you think it's safe? Oh, yes. We can't be very far from the naval base. There's no danger of hold-ups or anything like that on this island. Unless the octopus got ideas. Oh, now pipe down, Barney. He's up to enough mischief without you building up trouble with your imagination. But even the birds aren't making as much noise, Barney. They sound like they don't like this place either. Oh, they're just getting ready for bed, Gene. These trees and bushes shut out the sun. Hey, behind you! Oh! Oh, that man appeared so suddenly. He frightened me. None of you make a move. Or it's sound unless you answer my question. Why, who are you to talk like this? Call me Mr. X. And now, Miss Winfield, hand over that map your brother sent you. The map? Hey, how do you know anything about a map? Who are you, anyhow? I ask the question, Speed Gibson. Give me that map, Miss Winfield. But I haven't got it. Don't lie. You carry it in that locket you're wearing. Uh, keep away you or... Words are no match for my revolver, Barlow. A locket before I lose my patience. It's true. I haven't got the map with me. Keep away from me. No, no. Gunner, no gun. Let me at that
yay! Fuck yeah! Got my head on. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> anyway, jeez, oh Pete, what a wild day to down here. Just been all over the building and shit. Okay. Phew! Where was I about location smart being a bunch of fuck ups? Anyway, yeah, the tool the tool was built as a demonstration perspective customers. Oh yeah, this is about the location smart anyway. Uh identifies the location of phone all the goddamn phones and then they can track your ass if you want. Anybody. It required interested people to enter their name, email, address, and phone number into a web form. Location smart would then text the phone number and request permission to query the cellular network tower closest to the device. Didn't take long for Robert Zhao, a security researcher at Carnegie Mellon University, to find a way to work around the authorization requirement. Yikes. So, there you go. Another wonderful fucking bullshit about cell phones stinking. Which, you know, what are you going to do? Okay. Digital journalism's disappearing public record and what to do about it. You know, I've always kind of found that to be interesting, right? The idea, like... Because how technology is constantly evolving and, like, the language of computers and all that stuff continually moves on and on and on, turning forward. Whereas, like, an invention like, I don't know, paper been kind of it's 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 been a a a a pretty it's got a pretty solid track record you know (laughs) for sticking around you know you know a couple thousand years but (laughs) at least but you know the printed word you don't have to worry about the goddamn public record that's the whole thing i don't like about digital voting too right like if you if you really don't if you if you that's how you know they're not honest if they were honest about really wanting to have the fucking votes counts they would just do what other countries do that have free and fair elections they're just fucking like paper ballots in like in like clear boxes <clears throat> and there you go drop it in there see you on your way what this ain't the SATs, motherfucker, where we have to count these things like within a fucking specific time period. Oh, and it's not like it couldn't be a goddamn temporary jobs program for a couple of fucking part timers who want to just work a week real quick. Not like you couldn't pull a couple of people off the goddamn <laughs> food stamp rolls to fucking fill that position. But whatever. Right. That's too hard to do. Right. And you could like check them because you could just store them somewhere. Right, the only way to destroy them is actually like conspiracy, like is like a true conspiracy, conspiracy, conspiracy. Jesus, George, can't get my fucking tongue together today, like because I keep talking, but I don't want to stop to sip water. But then, <laughs> okay, yeah. So like digital journalism's disappearing public record and what to do about it. Yeah, well, that's like even if you save things, right, like. Like, think about, like, if I still had Duck Hunt, what the fuck would I do with a cartridge of Duck Hunt? Right? Or any of my old Genesis games, or goddamn, an Odyssey 2 game. What, what, What would you even do with that, right? Like, there's so much involved with, like, tearing the information from there to there, just ones and zeros. I've just never, it's just, it's not that I don't trust people. People, it's just I just don't trust people. 
<laughs> I would rather have it be like set than just to fuck around with like people's things that they find important and things like journalism is are important. <laughs> That's with journalism is one of the you know few ways like you know people can actually learn and like history and shit. But what ifs? All right. New Cold War, making excuses for Russiagate. Surprise, surprise. Uh, labor targets. Oh, that's from Consortium News. And the one before that was from the Columbia Journalism Review. Another great. And Consortium News is really fucking good, too, by the way. Um, labor targets big four after uh, Carillion collapse. Financial Times. Class warfare. How baby boomers broke America. Time Magazine. Jesus Christ. I always call it Time Magazine, even though it's just fucking Time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This girl was a fucking magazine. Time magazine. Not a mag. Well, no, they are. You still buy Time magazine, I'm sure. <laughs> it, I bet that's not too fucking hard to read, right? <laughs> oh, Tucson. I was almost a Tuscan. What is this? Someone's calling me again. Oh, shit. Oops. I think I, but I, yeah, I think I hung up on him. Oops. They'll call back if it's important. All right. God damn. Can I just get through fucking two hours without getting interrupted, people? Anyway. <laughs> I didn't even get into the hour without being interrupted. I was like, hey, the goddamn nothing's going. <laughs> like, when was, she's like, yeah, the last time someone was going was blank. I was like, oh, well, it, it's working now. <laughs> it's like man it's my mother's birthday i wanted to do some fucking like at least put a goddamn show on but anyway and we did and we are we did jesus so this in between like anyway whatever lager targets big four after carillion collapse yeah yeah that shit's crazy and like the shipping people shipping is really oddly um i'm not saying it it's like the most intriguing shit like you know what i mean it's like it's intriguing in the way that people who used to like to watch trains and shit are intriguing so they can be either for you be like like just eternally fascinating or just deathly boring but either way they they're they're important so it's just it's it's an interesting thing that like i once i you know once again all these fucking in 24 hour infotainment horseshit news things they don't they never even the fucking indie dudes you know like hey man we're fucking real news radio or whatever the fuck right <laughs> when's the last time you heard them actually talking about like shipping and shit and like where things are moving and how the consolidation of all those things are really fucking things up and how important ports are and all kinds of shit. Like the, that's the shit that really like, especially in our world that makes the world go round. Like if you don't think that shipping's important, ask the people of Puerto Rico, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that shit's fucked up. And the dependence on like that heavy supply chain shit I've, I've that is to my money still maybe not the worst way to run the world but it's up there right the one of the best ways is to have everything be small and flexible and shit you know and adaptable 
not this big fucking thing like what was that bullshit in uh like london in europe like uh like a couple of months ago kfc ran out of chicken you're like sorry we like i think it's like we clucked or some dumb fucking shit and it was like we ran out of chicken because of fucking supply line and that's just chicken fuck medicine or water or anything else right Having those, it's all, it's that monopoly bullshit. It's just pure capitalism. But anyway, that's one of the nice fucking articles I read today. Let's let's fucking get to it, man. We're never going to get to this shit. Okay. There we go. That's all I was trying to get to. Yeah, Tucson. Tucson, that's funny. Draws a line on uh, uh, prison privatization. That's cool. That's from Truth Out. Socialists and progressives just trounced the democratic establishment. This is the good news piece of the day. This was amazing. It's a nice summary of the things that happened, especially in Pennsylvania and stuff um, that uh, went down like this last uh, election season. I was like, who was Summer Lee? I, I've been naked capitalism like, watching these races and shit. Social, yeah. On Tuesday, insurgent challengers beat out their opponents in races across the country by running on bold left platforms. Finally! You know, fucking long my whole life, maybe? I've been waiting for something like this to at least begin. If, dem- if members of the Democratic establishment were already worried after Tuesday night, they should be. In primaries across the country, at least eight candidates running on explicitly exp- explicitly progressive platforms won out, including open socialists and political newcomers who took out longtime incumbents. That's the shit. These victories are proof that the recent successes of the left are no fluke. Yeah. Uh, Rather, the wins show that voters who who are tired of the type of milquetoast, means tested policies pushed by centrist Democrats are willing to embrace candidates running on bold redistributive policies. And far from being too far left to win, these candidates have the political wins at their backs. Bang. That's the shit. In the Pittsburgh area, two members, and this fucking group is cool. These are the people that go out and change, like, your fucking taillights for free. They'll have, like, a free taillight day. So you motherfucker can't pull you over for no motherfucking taillight bullshit. You know, stuff like that. Shit on the ground that actually affects people's lives. Imagine that. Holy shit. That's only what people have been begging the God. That, and that's the worst to beg a motherfucker who doesn't give a fuck about you. Oof, I didn't got no time for that. But like in the Pittsburgh area, two members of the Democratic Socialists of America, the DSA, they're badasses. Summer Lee and Sarah. Let's see if we don't fuck this up. Inna Morato, yeah, Inna Morato, won hotly contested races for the Pennsylvania State House. They both, oh, Lee and Inna Morato, running in districts 34 and 21, both won out against incumbents, Democrats, uh, Representatives Paul Costa and Dom Costa. The Costas are cousins and members of the powerful political family in the region, and have been representing their districts for many election cycles. Their defeat reveals profound changes in the political landscape over recent years, as well as the growing power of the movement to elect challengers like Lee and in Morato. Jesus, why did I? Th- yeah, oh yeah, and it was powered in large part by the DSA. 
Oh man, there was such a great fucking article that came out this week about the uh, about how shitty the DCCC are, man. Like it was like a nice and compilation. Like I had read about these things before, where like basically it's like a pay to play system. You know what I'm saying? Like you call them up and they'll ask you basically two questions: Hey, uh, how much money do you think you can raise by this day? How much money do you think you can raise by this day? And that's it, B. And then you don't get like no fucking backup. You get no nothing. That's why you get all these people, these weirdo psychos who come in with all this fucking money or are just willing to just eat ass just to fucking do the thing. And it's like, fuck you, man. So like, that's cool. But that's legit getting my money out, getting money out of fucking politics, man. I was like, what'd she say? Uh, Lee. On her, at her victory party on Tuesday night, Lee eagerly summed up the spirit of political transformation that fueled her campaign. If your politicians are not serving you, get rid of them. As she faces no Republican op- opponent in the fall, Lee is poised to become the first African-American woman to represent Western Pennsylvania at the state level. Bam! Wow. Fuck in a... That's the coolest, man. While Costa had previously backed restrictive bills around immigration and reproductive rights in a Murato <laughs> I swear I'm saying that wrong I-N-N-A in Namor Rato in a Murato that's it voiced support for a swath of progressive policies around these and other issues critical to Pittsburgh area voters she also faces no GOP opponent and is assured victory in uh, November both those cats pounced their opponents, winning by over fifty sixty per, with over sixty percent of the vote. Bang. Yeah, these wins indicate that a renewed vibrance left in America is not an aberration. That motherfucker ain't new. It's been sitting there since like the fucking Democrats and Republicans have choked the shit out of places like GM and you know, we're like you could have a fucking middle class bougie dickhead like me. You know, <laughs> you can't have that if you ain't got them jobs, B, right? <laughs> and they're going to tell you, we go training. Training for what? Ain't no motherfucking jobs. Anyway. Yeah, in the Philadelphia region, a region, Jesus, Elizabeth Fielder and Kristen Seal won their primaries for the state house in districts 184, 168. <sighs> That's the shit. What else? Lanc- Lan- Lancaster County. Progressive candidate J.S. King, also endorsed by Sanders, easily won her primary after her opponent dropped out of the race to run in a different district, which she then failed to qualify for. She'll face a Republican uh, in November, and I bet she'll kick the shit out of him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not just Pennsylvania. In Nebraska, Kara Eastman won a shocking victory over Representative, I keep saying Republican, Brad Ashford in the Democratic House primary. Eastman set herself apart from Ashford, a moderate, quote-unquote, blue dog Democrat, who had the backing of the uh, DCCC, of course, which means that they just, if if they gave a fuck, all they would do is just pour money in there, and you know what didn't work? What never works? Why it's never worked? Because people don't believe you, because you ain't do shit, Right? You can't even beat a fucking lefty. How the fuck are you going to beat the right in goddamn, where the fuck, Kansas, yeah, Nebraska. Anyway, so, (laughs) 
We had the backing of the DCs, the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. Fuck you. Just a bunch of fucking rent seeking dickheads. Anyway, by running on a broad left agenda, including ahem, Medicare for all, a policy, a policy that's becoming increasingly mainstream. Wow. But I, it's not. It What they're doing is that half-assed bullshit, like sort of Medicare for all but which many moderates remain unwilling to support. Ashford had uh, been widely expected to prevail, and his loss comes as a blow to centerist forces in the Democratic Party who had hoped to run the one-time Republican in the fall. Yeah. That's the shit. What is the other one? There was a badass one, too. In Idaho, Native American state legislator Paulette Jordan won the Democratic nomination in the state's gubernatorial race, beating out businessman, boo, yeah, I hate businessman, A.J., wow, so fucking white, Balkoff, B-A-L-U-K-O-F-F, Balukoff, Balukoff, who cares, loser, (laughs) isn't that the worst, call somebody a fucking loser, Jesus, (laughs) who had been the party's nominee in, uh, 2014 jordan ran on such progressive apologies as enacting universal health (laughs) care fighting climate change and raising the minimum wage and like all uh, everybody i mentioned before has mentioned at least those three things she will face republican lieutenant governor brad little in november and if she wins which i bet she will she will become the first native american governor in u.s history bang that's my shit that's my people too b Potawatomi what it do that's crazy isn't that cool that's such good news that's uh that's from in these times you should check that article out it's fucking great it's easy to remember it's on 520 all right a little bit of real people weekly standard subway woes don't blame workers truth out no shit that's your fucking city fucking you over for what for fun and profit right <laughs> Who is a freeloader? The working poor on food stamps or corporations that don't pay them enough? Thank you very much. From Vox. Antitrust nearly slew Microsoft. I remember that. Can it adapt to tech giants like Facebook? San Francisco Chronicle. What's up, local? Um, I drove in Los Angeles traffic for 10 years. An Elon Musk boring company tunnel plant is the most depressing thing I've ever seen. <laughs> That's from Business Insider. Damn. All right, business cider. All right. ISS sides against two Tesla directors, directors back split of Musk's roles from Reuters. To read that later. The U.S. birth. The guy. All right. Um, the U.S. birth rate hits another record low. Even women in their 30s are having fewer babies. Well, you can if you can't afford them. L.A. Times. Brexit. Oof. Brexit. Betting the farm eureferendum.com oof that sounds whatever they're about to go through is going to be horrifying like oh they thought fucking margaret thatcher was shit this is gonna be brutal the only good thing is jeff is uh jeremy corbyn that's the that's the saving grace but this it's just gonna be it's just a, a shit show <laughs> at least that's gonna be fucked and, but the cool thing is they're like sensible enough in that country to know just not to just you know when he comes in he's not gonna eat all the shit from those people who messed this whole thing up so that's that's cool all right 
Sirakistan, Sirius Sit Rep, liberating the M5 lifeline, Moon over Moon of Alabama. That's a really cool uh, website too. Um, not a lot of people, I don't think, more people should know about. Congress to consider recognition of Israeli sovereignty over Golan Heights. Oof. Free beacon, the Rev Cav. Israel is at the height of its power after the embassy opening in Jerusalem, but uncritical support from the U.S. will do it more damage than good. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. Independent Bruce Cockburn, real good writer. Letter from Iran. Mr. Trump, you have been served. Asia Times. Okay. The U.S. and other battle hawks are taking a big risk in Iran. No shit from the wire. Uh, EU promised to save nuclear deal. Iran negotiator. Okay. In a more rational world, the U.S. and Iran would have full diplomatic relations. Yeah, well, in a more rational world... A lot of shit wouldn't be going down. <laughs> you and that fucking three religions fighting over one dumb city, right? <laughs> In a rational world, right? Anyway, um, Trump transition. Republicans claw at each other over farm bill implosion. That's cool. <laughs> there you go. Maybe I'll, try, I'll fucking play that. ICE is so out of control, the Bush appointees are bench slapping them now. Uh, Julianis Pooch, Giuliani's Pooch, fuck that guy. Uh, Trump, oh, that's from The Baffler, funny. Um, first one was from Politico, second one was from Above the Law, third one from The Baffler. The next one is Trump drives wedge between Germany and France. <laughs> Der Spiegel, well, that's great. Few, very few voters actually read Trump's tweets, 538. So stop putting them on TV. Okay, <laughs> you know. They're not news. Okay. Scott Pruitt's approach to pollution control will make their air dirtier and Americans less healthy. Yeah, we know that the conversation on oh, a beautiful picture of looks like woodpeckers. Okay. All right. Let's play a song. Let's play one more Speed Gibson maybe. For, no, you know what? I might go out. Nah, I don't have time. That sucks. If I, well, you know what? Yeah. Don't you even start. I was going to say that would be really stupid of me. I was gonna say that I I was gonna do this, but then I just kept getting interrupted. No, first off, <laughs> I think you talk too long over the news shit, and secondly, um, you know, who cares? <laughs> Let's see this. See if I can find this song. Yeah, there you go. For some reason, I had this fucking song in my head uh, because of that dumb ice. Every time I hear the word ice, I think of this. Play a little of this. These bad influences in your hotness, motherfucker. Say it and mean it. I rock ice for real, you heard me? When it comes down to stunting, I pull it all. When it comes down to G shit, I play it raw. When it comes to pulling hot girls, I pull them all. When it comes to rocking ice, I rock it all. I spoke diamonds like I told a tech. Baby told a full nickel like he would have guess. Try to stay cool, so I'm melt the diamonds around my neck. I keep busting in suspense of what I'ma do next. Gotta respect, I ain't out to please a bitch. She could get on her knees, I'm trying to get rich. I'm shined out, and carrots on my. 
clan be in my whole clique now. Fuck the class, we sipped on pee straight out the bottle. That's how I played. You know I'm about murdering, I ain't gotta say it. You don't cross me, I don't cross you. But understand, a hot boy got a floss too. Look, I'm iced. I rock ice. Look, daddy, every time I step, I rock ice. Look, mama, cause I love the rep. I rock ice. Whole world, cause I'm doing my thing. I rock ice. Bling, 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 bling. My Rolex crushed out. My chrome stays spinning. Hot boy with so much money, I don't know how to spin it. Know you wish you could be in my shoes just for a minute. Carry nothing but faces, never quite dependent. I started at nothing, look at me now, I'm iced out. All these think I'm doing wrong, but nope, I'm right now. It's cause I'm black, huh? That you ride my back, paper on everything I have. So how you love that? They don't wanna see me ballin', wanna see me fallin'. Got it locked off when my back against the ballin'. I floss, but get dirty too. My road they coach, try to take it and I murder you. They say I stun too much, I can't help it, I be with baby. The number one stunner who drive these drugs crazy. The one with the 32 plaques in his mouth. Two rollers on his wrist, gang spill from the south. Tell me what kind of nigga rock ice and it hit your mama, mama. I rock ice, little daddy, every time I step, I rock ice. Little mama, cause I love the rep, I rock ice. Whole world, cause I'm doing my thing, I rock ice. That bling, 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 bling. Cash money, youngest nigga, right around 10 figures. That's what I uh, work with, pockets like a perfect. Money is my purpose, whatever I purchase. All the G's are better, roll it with the bezel. Be that swing, look at this gold chain. Sometimes I wear great white diamonds, pear shape. My jewelry just feel awful, and I can't stop thugging. It's just in my culture. It's a must every day. I'ma shine black. You won't meet me. It just might need context. Cause I'm the little one with the ice flossing. Please, little hater, get your wife off me. I ride behind the jag with the tableau. Throwing hundreds, but it's cool, cause I got more. Me and my niggas, we stunt like there's no tomorrow. Big time, a hot boy, niggas see him aura. Niggas see him aura. Ice. Little daddy, every time I step, I rock ice. Little mama, cause I love the rap, I rock ice. Whole world, cause I'm doing my thing, I rock ice. Huh? Bling, 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 bling. Now you boys know them 499s, I got inspired. All them bitches flushed out, 20 inch tires. I'm looking for some hell of a head, is you for hire? You looking at this rollie I got, don't you admire? The way a nigga lay a stunt, spending about 20 years better up in the restaurant. But it ain't over, I'm about to go to Disneyland. And let my fucking rap down, you understand? What up, my Living good, I gave them both a hundred G's to get them out of the hood. My mama gave me chauffeur like a movie star. Cause she don't know a damn thing about driving the car. I'm ripped out, now beat this. Million dollars spot in my mouth. And all this luxury shit I got in my house. I done sold a million records and I'm still going. Don't ask about my watch and my chain is still going. I rock ice. Little daddy, every time I step, I rock ice. Little mama, cause I love the rep. I rock ice. Whole world, cause I'm doing my thing. I rock ice. Gibson of the International Secret Police. Come here, Tom. Speed Gibson, Clint, and Barney are drawing close to their destination of Hong Kong, China to arrest, if possible, the number one criminal of the 20th century, the octopus. The first clue that the boys have as to the criminal's headquarters is on a small, barely legible map which Marsha Winfield's brother sent her prior to his mysterious disappearance. 
During a sightseeing tour on Guam Island, one of the octopus spies fails in an attempt to recover this map. The octopus learns of the failure and determines to stop the pursuit of the International Secret Police in Manila. Meanwhile, Speed, Clint, and Barney have decided to show Manila to Marsha and little Jean. We find them in a colorful cafe. Well, Jean, what do you think of Manila? It's wonderful, Clint, but so mixed up. All sorts of people live here, don't they? Yes, the Philippines, or the Thousand Islands, as they were once called, are sort of a melting pot for black, yellow, and white. That's what makes it so colorful. Manila's Chinatown, with its narrow streets and overhanging balconies, the ruins of Spanish buildings and the old forts and the canal. You know, of all the places we've seen on our trip, I think that Manila is one of the most interesting. But the weather's sure hot, isn't it? Kind of sticky. Oh, you're so used to the comfort of the China Kipper that you're a little spoiled for land, Speed. You're a true aviator, all right. I hope so, Miss Marcia. I'm trying hard to be. Don't tell me you fly, too. He sure does. The kid has all the makings of a birdman, Marcia. Barney's teaching me. I soloed a lot already. Goody. Why will you take me up, Speed? Oh, no, wait a minute. Hold on, young lady. Haven't you spent enough time in the sky during the last few days? But Speed wasn't flying the clipper, Clint. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a few more hours in the air, Jean. Then I'll take you up for a ride. But I still have a lot to learn. Not only flying, but I'm studying everything else that'll help me to be a really good secret policeman. Radio, telegraphy, criminal law, fingerprinting, and a book on the art of makeup. Clint told me to learn that by heart. Then it'd give me some real experience of making people out. Isn't makeup rather a new thing in criminal capturing, Clint? Oh, in a way, Marcia. Everyone has read about the old-time detectives who wore everything from false teeth to false faces when shadowing their quarry. But the more modern type of makeup has taken a hint from motion pictures, and the result is far more realistic. Now, as an example, would you think that I had on a disguise now? No. Of course, I've never seen you any other way, but I can't imagine you looking any different than you do now. Then let me tell you, Marcia, if Clint took his makeup off now and you was to pass him on the street, you'd never recognize him. Oh, I'd know Clint. Oh, no, you wouldn't. Someday I hope I can get as good as he is on that stuff. It's one of the most important things in detecting. Whatever started you on this career of yours, Speed? Growing up around Clint most, I guess. Wouldn't want to be a better guy than him. Nobody could be better. Oh, oh, now, wait a minute. (laughs) You'll have me blushing. But it's true, Clint. If I was going to tell Miss Marcia all the things you've done for me... Now, now, spare her the lurid details. She's probably wondering, if I am so smart, why I ever consented to bring you along on such a dangerous mission. Well, I presumed it was because Speed could help you in your search for the octopus. He's helped, all right. In fact, he's done most of the work so far. Speed is here because Chief Riley, head of the secret police, insisted on it. You see, back home, Blackie Spears, one of the octopus gang, broke into our rooms in an effort to find the key to our police code. Well, Speed knocked him out, so the chief decided it would be safer to send him along with me. Swore him into service, and well, here he is. And I wouldn't have missed all this for anything. I just hope we capture the octopus. Me too. I ain't forgetting that guy played me a dirty trick while I was flying his bullet plane and almost ended my promising career. And on top of that, one of his gang gives me this black eye at Guam. I'll send him into a nosedive if I ever get my hands on him. That man is terrible. He's a danger to the whole civilized world. His smuggling alone is sure giving China a headache. Well, I'll say. The Chinese government wants to put a stop to the dope smuggling. Well, the worst of it is that the octopus doesn't confine himself to one brand of criminal activity. But dabbles in every form of it. You've been on his trail before? Yes, I first came in contact with him about ten years ago in South America. 
He was in politics then, stirring up the natives to revolution for his own gain. And the secret police ended that racket. But the leader, the octopus, escaped. Have you ever seen how he looks, Clint? Uh, no, Jean. You see, he always wears a black silk mask. For yes, we did catch a glimpse of him once in that mix-up, but that was all. Yeah, I think the guy sleeps with that mask on. And he's always escaped so far, but he won't this time. The world isn't big enough for the octopus and me. One of us won't be in it after the smoke clears away. I promise you that. Hey, what is this, a lecture? I'd like to see more of Manila. Yes, there are all sorts of historic places around here. And the streets are so colorful, the main ones so modern, and the side streets so quaint. The lady wishes to see Manila. Lottie, good guide. Hey, who's this guy? Uh, my name, Lottie. Good guide. Show you all four. Oh, no, no, thanks. No, we don't want a guide. Oh, gee, Clint. Can't we use him for a little while? It's early yet, and he could take us places that would take us a long time to find, maybe. Oh, yes. I'd love to see Manila. Looks like you're outnumbered, Clint. I'd kind of like to take a look-see around this park myself. Uh, what about you, Marshal? Oh, I'd love it. Huh? <laughs> I'm not keen on picking up a strange guide like this, but oh, I guess it won't hurt anything. Lead on, Lodi, old kid. <laughs> oh, what a name. He'll hear you, Barney. No, no, he's some sort of foreigner. He can't talk good English, let alone understand it. This way, please. Say, he's not taking us out the way we came in. Here. Hey, wait a minute. Hold on, Lucy. Where are you taking us? Outside entrance, closer to Old Port. See more of Old Town. Oh, no. No, this cafe is enough of Old Town for me. Uh, I don't want to see anything any older. Oh, come on, Clint. This is swell. Yeah, Please, come on. Uh, all right, then. Let's get it over with. Say, this street is so old that it's dead. There ain't a person in sight. Only Filipino people live on this street. This is our food. They inside eating. Ah. Well, still want to go through with this, Marsha? Oh, yes. This is exciting. Hold on to my hand, Jean. Don't worry. I am, Marsha. This place is kind of spooky. Plenty dark, all right. The lights are awful dim. What's that coming toward us? A carreta, little one. A wagon. Uh, we must step aside to let it pass. Here, here, in this doorway. Say, this building looks like an old church. It is one of the Spanish churches. Hey, Barney. Barney, that door is opening. Huh? Yes, fella. This is another ambush. Lodi is a member of the octopus band. I'm sure of it. Suffering wangdoodles. What do we do? Uh, the Carita. It's our only chance. No telling how many men are behind this door. When that wagon gets to us, you take Jean, I'll grab Marsha, and into the wagon with them. And we'll ride our way out of here. Good enough. It's almost here now. What about speed? Uh, he'll follow us. I'll give Lodi a shove as you pass him. Leave him to me. Wait. Here comes the wagon. Now. Stand ready. We must go inside church to allow wagon to pass. Oh, yeah? Take this to remember me, but Quick, quick, into the wagon, Marshal. Jean's in already. Hey, what's wrong? Oh, I'll, I'll give you a hand. Oh, there you go. There you go. Grab the reins and get out of here, Bonnie. Yeah, man. Move over, my friend. Get up there. Come on, get up. Golly, look at all those guys coming down that doorway we were standing yeah. in. That was another ambush, Speed. Another minute we'd have been inside that church and probably we'd never been heard of again. Oh, how horrible. What a risk we ran. Oh, I didn't like the look of it from the beginning. I know. We talked you into it, Clint. Boy, after this, what you say goes. Hey, where do you want to go in this karaoke or whatever you call it? Well, get back on the main street and then head for the hotel, Bonnie. 
We've seen all of Manila. We're going to. I was in the wagon before I knew what was happening. <laughs> hey, look at the driver. He sure doesn't know what's happened. Sitting there staring at us like we were crazy. He's right, too, if you ask me. Anybody else want to drive? No, no. You're doing a good job of it. Now, wait. Now, slow down a little. We don't want any accidents. And we're nearing the main street again. It hardly seems possible for such a thing to happen so near the heart of the town. Anything can happen when the octopus has a say in it, Miss Marcia. Manila's swell. I'll feel a lot better when we're flying in the clipper again tomorrow. Yes, sir. We can't take off too soon for me. Well, it won't be long now, will it, Clint? It's only a short hop between Macau and Hong Kong. It's a short hop, but the two ports are vastly different. Macau is under the Portuguese authority, while Hong Kong is British. I'm awful excited. So much happened in Guam and Manila. Seems like the closer we get to the octopus, the more adventures we have. Yeah, that's because he's doing his best to stop us, Bean. Well, have you recovered from last night's excitement, Marcia? Oh, somewhat. But I had nightmares all night. I thought I was being dragged into old churches and forts, and I seemed to see the octopus everywhere. Not as a man, but as a sea monster. Well, I'll breathe easier when we arrive in Hong Kong. Jean will be safe with her father, and I hope that we can arrange some safe quarters for you, Marcia. You leave the search for your brother to us, won't you? Oh, I can't. Can't you know that? Look. There's Hong Kong now. Oh, look at all those funny boats down there. Chinese boats. Barney's doing a loop for us. Guess he's glad to get here, too. He'd better not try any stunting over this port. The port authorities will ground him in a hurry. Gee, this has been a swell flight. I think the China Clipper is, well, colossal. I can't think of a better word. And you're right, Steve. One couldn't ask for anything better than the Clipper trip. Everything has been perfect. The flight itself, the stopover accommodation... It would have been heaven if we hadn't had our main problem to contend with, the octopus. Well, now that we're almost on his home ground, I think we'll have a better chance of striking back, Marcia. I really think... Uh, pardon, Mr. Barlow. Hmm? Oh, yes, Stuart. A message for you, relayed from our Hong Kong station. Oh, yes, thank you. Well, well, I'll be... What does it say, Clint? Is it bad news? Read it, Clint. It says, Welcome to Hong Kong. I guarantee you a lively visit and a short one. The octopus. (laughs) 